0: Welcome to the Content Creators Guide. This is a place where we expand our knowledge on what it takes to be successful in an ever-expanding world of content creation. Join me as I sit down with individuals sharing their success stories and tips that help them get over the hurdles they've faced on their journey to creation success. All right, let's create. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Content Creators Guide. I will be your host, Patrick Conway, also known in other circles as Jaxus. Today, we will be talking to the creator of Tarkov, a Halo story. I hope I said that right. You did. (laughs) Uh, It's a story of Sergeant Tarkov. The Office of Naval Intelligence sends him to retrieve a package and spins him off into a world of crazy uh, circumstances from an enemy that is beyond understanding. That's the best I can explain it. It's kind of what I read (laughs) from what I got. Uh, It was... Now, this podcast has reached over 50,000 downloads and is part of the Robots Radio Network. So, please give me a warm welcome for Austin Murphy. <laughs> Hello, Austin.
1: Hey there. How you doing?
0: All right. So, um, I, I don't beat around the bush much. Uh, that way it makes it a little more comfortable for you. You just get right into the questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, first question I want to ask is, what inspired you to get into content creation in the first place?
1: Inspired me to get into content creation. Okay, and now now you're asking for childhood stories. Okay, so okay. <laughs> first and for, first and foremost, uh, I was uh, among a group of kids that all wanted to be Tobuscus, First and foremost, that's the that's the easy way to start off. How exactly the desire to start making content uh, sort of grew? I was 12 years old, and. I wanted to be some some form of YouTuber. It wasn't really all that complicated back then. And my mother, who is very supportive of everything that I've done and everything that I continue to do, decided nice to... Yeah, right? Exactly. She decided to let me use her laptop to house some pretty sketchy editing software and uh, recording <laughs> software. So... the the videos that i put out were awful it was probably less than 240p with this horrible green bar at the bottom of all of the videos that i put out it was by no means actual quality but it did get things started uh that was probably where all of that began and then whenever i actually started to try for once uh which was roughly about i would say probably between the ages of 16 19 that was when that really started to kick off um the main inspirations that I started to pull from. Uh, at, not, at that point, I was growing more and more attached to the Halo franchise, and I had discovered a audio drama by the name of, <laughs> of Hunt the Truth. And, <laughs> and so Hunt the Truth is a fantastic audio drama franchise, like, not franchise, series that has two seasons and goes into more of the, I guess, background lore of the stories from the perspective of a if I remember correctly, it's a journalist and a higher up of the office of naval intelligence. Um, so out of that inspiration, I wanted to create Tarkov a Halo story. Now it's not going to be ending there. The things that we've got planned now, we're we're going to start making our own original stories pretty soon. But the way that Tarkov started was this goal of making something and proving that fans. Could Even though they were separated by sometimes oceans, in, if we're talking about our voice actors, mm-hmm. even though we're separated like that, we still have the capacity to make something that is genuinely uh, similar, if not same quality as this professional stuff that these companies are putting out.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and uh, there's so much of it out there now. I mean, um, mm-hmm. so far, I've acted in uh, five what I find to be major stories mm-hmm. one of them being tarkov mind you my role was like put down your <laughs> it was it put down your weapons and surrender I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah it's something
1: like i think it's like drop your weapons or something yeah, like that. It, yeah it was
0: one of those but you know but i've also had so many other really great roles in so many mm-hmm. different stories out there there's the modus files there's once mm-hmm. upon a, a wasteland there's so many of these different and they're so vibrant of stories and yep. to me, they are as high of quality as anything that I've ever heard. Because when I was a kid, I grew up listening to like um, the Sherlock Holmes stories mm-hmm. and uh, the Lone Ranger, Dick Tracy. These were all like uh, radio uh, stories that you know a lot of TV kids never really paid much attention to. But I was yep. a big nerd, so I <laughs> I checked out everything, you know. And yeah. it's so exciting to see these this genre. To me, it's a genre. It just came yeah. back, and yeah. it came back so big, and you guys are doing such a great job. I love <laughs> your guys'
1: show. I mean, when I, I was, was, when I was growing up, actually, same thing here. Also, thank you very much. But uh, with growing up, same thing. Uh, when I, I would be on long car rides all the time because I, I didn't like to be home. I wanted to be with somebody all the time. So in those car rides, there were these two shows in particular, Adventures in Odyssey and Paws and Tales. yeah i loved that show yes yes uh and then there was another one that was it wasn't an it wasn't an audio drama but it was a very entertaining uh audio book i I think it was hank the cow dog Hmm. and they're all hilarious the the way that they did the characters they portrayed the scenes it was really easy to get yourself immersed in the story and for a six to the range of probably nine year old kid it was really really beneficial for the imagination Hmm. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah, it's great though because you're right. We are seeing this like kind of boost out of nowhere of these sort of audio drama stories. In fact, actually, Halo out of nowhere, it really helped us. They decided to drop a audio drama to advertise Halo Infinite, and it was this thing called Halo Memory Agent. And I, I'm, I'm iffy on it. It's, it's good in its own rights, but ultimately, it's, it's okay. I would, I would say, but its existence tied it to tarkov on on the platforms so it was saying to, to listeners if you liked this you'll also like and then tarkov saw a spike
0: <laughs> well hey whatever it yeah. works you know i'll take it
1: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know it gives you a little boost it gives you a little boost
0: mm-hmm. um so what was the hardest hurdle getting start like when you were just first getting started with all this what was the biggest hurdle you had in front of you and how did you overcome it
1: oh hardest okay so are we talking tedious hard or genuinely difficult hard? I would say genuinely difficult. Genuinely difficult. Because okay.
0: a lot of this, if, if anybody's out there and they're thinking of being a content creator, the word tedious is part of the game.
1: <laughs> that's a fact.
0: So sorry, but yes, editing, <laughs> it, you, this, this requires work, especially if you're going to do it well. Mm-hmm. So that if tedious bothers you, you need to find something else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I think the most genuinely difficult thing was actually the writing process. I I have done a lot of writing in the past, but I had never done anything that was genuinely trying. I suppose because Tarkov is, is written entirely by me. I have a, a small team of editors that help me out with it now, but with season one, the entire show uh, except for the first. Three episodes. Uh, I had another guy that was helping me edit those. Um, That whole season was just written entirely by me, and it it got a little bit uh, nerve-wracking and scary at times, because now it's not just... Tarkov is entirely just my product, in a sense, if we're looking at it from a production sort of standpoint. So people are listening to the show, and they're listening to my writing, and anything that can go wrong uh it kind of gets kind of gets to my head a little bit and so it's not something that i'm worried about in any way but that was the difficulty that i was trying to get over which was people are going to be interacting with this product it's not going to be mine once it's out and because it's not going to be mine i'm worried that i'm going to look down on it and that basically it was just scary for me to make it in the first place
0: you're putting yourself out there and you're exposing yourself and it's very (laughs) difficult to deal with
1: yes that was i I, like the writing process was when that shone through the most and that is exactly what i mean when i say that it was the most difficult part because getting started was like that that was how the writing process did it was that was how i started and getting started is the first difficult hurdle that you have to face when you're making something (laughs)
0: yeah and, and you're like do i do this like i'm sure about halfway through it you're like is this good enough? Is this really going to be, you know, because you don't have it out there? It's not produced. It's just your words on paper. You're looking at it and you're like, "Is this enough?" You know, I mean, does this? I
1: still feel that. You know, and I feel <laughs> to I, this day. I, I, I've been writing
0: my own stories and I haven't, <laughs> I haven't put anything out there just because I'm like, when should I or how should I or should I write the mm-hmm. whole thing first and then put it out or should I, you know, do it series to series or you know? And I'm like, I, I don't know where to go. You know, and it's like. I have so many, you know, mentors out there that have helped me along the way. And, you know, a lot of the times they're just like, you just kind of do it. You know, there, there's mm-hmm. you either, you either do it or you don't, yeah. and, you know, there, there's no halfway. So it's like, okay, well, uh, I just got to do what feels right. If I think I need to write this out and get, get a good, you know, at least a season out there and then send it out, well, then that needs you open to create a, a whole nother season and you can follow along how that turns out yep. you know and i i didn't think of it that way i was like trying to i was thinking to myself you know maybe i should just write the whole thing all in one shot but then you'll you, you may never stop Hmm. it's just how it may turn out yep. um so have you ever had like writer's block and how did you do with that <laughs> tons, you <know>? i mean
1: <laughs> tons and tons uh if okay so if, if, Am I allowed to go into somewhat spoiler territory? <laughs> Your show. <laughs> it's been out for a year. If you haven't yeah, listened to yeah. it, that's on you. But um, no, so uh, that's just a warning for anybody that's had that doesn't listen to the show that wants to listen to the show. I'm going to talk about things right now that, <laughs> that are going to talk about plot points. Um, Tarkov, a Halo story, uh, is very much deeply ingrained into the Halo lore. Tarkov was designed to interact with Halo lore in a way that it hadn't been interacted with before, and not only do that, but also not retcon anything, (laughs) which is very hard. Most of my writer's block was developed by me trying to do something that's, I suppose, gutsy in a way. Uh, There's a character that makes an appearance in episode three and stays as a main antagonist, sort of, for the entire season, and that's Abaddon. Abaddon is a character from the... Well, he's from the original Forerunner story that was written by a guy named Greg Bear, and he wrote a small story in this Halo Fractures collection of short stories called Promises to Keep. And Abaddon was a very small character that appeared. He was just there to kind of be the main uh, climax, I suppose, to the whole story. And nothing else really happened there and so Tarkov being a show that is designed to try to expand things that may require expanding in my opinion Uh I had to give that character a character (laughs) and uh what that meant was I had to look at the paragraph of description that Abaddon had and try to expand that into a 10 page description of how the character works and then have to expand that character into a 160 page script for a whole season (laughs) Mm. And so uh, writer's block happened very, very frequently uh, because most of the time it was pausing to figure out whether or not I can do this, pausing to figure out how do I make this work without breaking something in the original lore. And that's that's the hardest part. Although there was also the the very common writer's block of how would a character respond to certain things. Um, because I try to make the conversations as realistic as possible, but at the same time, realistic conversations can be boring. So So you have to kind of like figure out which direction you want to go in this one. Do you want to do something that's a little bit artistic or do you want the characters to interact realistically? So, uh, that, that's sort of watch
0: Deadpool. That explains it. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: So that was, yeah, the short answer is yes. Writer's Block was a thing and still continues to be a thing. Okay. Yeah. Working on season two.
0: And so you just kind of muscle through it more or less.
1: Yeah. There's actually yeah. a software that I use that's called Celtics and Celtics uses, uh, it has this software that's built into it. In the bottom left corner, it tells you how long you've been writing and how long you've been thinking. And usually my thinking time is probably five times that of the writing time.
0: <laughs> Cause you're just sitting there staring at the page and you're thinking, you're like, yes. you're visualizing. I, I visualize That's yeah. how I, I try to like picture every element of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sitting at a campfire and they're talking and you can see, you know, the, you know, I'm just going on the cuff here, but mm-hmm. like, you know, they're sitting at a campfire and they were prisoners at a, at a you know, camp and you can, see the handcuffs as they bounce and hit the ground and the rocks kind of skip away and mm-hmm. the way the, the fire flickers and the conversation they're having they're like hey kitty you know that kind of stuff i visualize all of those elements before mm-hmm. i even bother writing those things down so i can get it you know how you could get lost in your own head sometimes
1: yep and um, it, it gets even worse with the i think uh with an audio drama because you're not just visualizing that for the writing. Now you have to visualize that when you go to the editing floor and you have to make things sound right, which I have a whole thing about the editing later on. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Um, so what do you think works? So when you're dealing with voice actors, not yep. everybody has a, you know, sure SMV microphone or, you know, mm-hmm. how do you get? around like some of the spottier sound you know obviously your editing program is going to be one of your mainstays mm-hmm. but like for me i use uh so i use audacity for certain uh sounds yep. mind you i I because it's a free program and it's easy mm-hmm. to use i also use da vinci uh resolve because i do mm-hmm. a lot of video stuff on top of it so i found that i can actually do more editing in the da vinci resolve end of things and use audacity that much less um. Mm-hmm. What do you use? What what kind of programs do you use for that?
1: Well, uh, I should preface by saying that I use almost everything, and that is basically because currently I work for a very large company. Uh, it's the people behind these, you know, just normal food brands that you see in your average grocery store. I make ads. Okay, and, so it's
0: an ad. It's an ad share company.
1: It is. Um. Okay. No. I, well, I make literally the like. I there's videos. The ads you see on Instagram. Uh, YouTube—they're mm-hmm. literal videos that they will send terabytes and terabytes of footage and be like, "Hey, make a thirty-second ad out of it." It's annoying, but anyway. <laughs> um, that so sounds like fun. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a really fun time. It's more annoying whenever they're like they ask for, let's say. Uh, like sixty different cuts of just the same thing over and over, and around. you're like,
0: it's gonna look the same, guys.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just the way that it works. You don't have to keep that one in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because I use uh, because I work for that company professionally, I've had to work with a lot of different kinds of software because I work with a lot of different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, now I use Audacity and Audition as my primary. Uh, audio platforms although i prefer audition just because audition is just in my opinion a sleeker sexier version of audacity um
0: well uh, to me audacity is kind of like a a hammer
1: yeah and, and, and that's a very good way of putting it to be honest i used audacity for probably 10 years and then once i actually had the financial backing, I got the Adobe Suite and <laughs> from there. Yeah. Uh, I will say it doesn't really matter what software you use. If you get good enough at whatever software you're using, you can carry that experience over to other software as usually. There's always a learning curve, but mm. your knowledge of things like the theory of things, like how should this sound? okay, how can I get this software to make the sound that I know I can make with it? That sort of thing um, that's all going to carry over from software to software. But then when it comes to video stuff, I use Premiere, After Effects, and DaVinci. And DaVinci, honestly, since DaVinci is a free software and it's really, really good as a free software, like I think it's better than Adobe in many, many ways uh, for a ridiculous number of reasons, to be honest. It, ha- it does have an audio section. I have no idea if you're able to use it with the free software, but it doesn't have an audio section that is pretty robust. <laughs>
0: you got to have the Premiere for certain elements of the effects. Okay. So, that's, yeah, so that's why I still use Audacity yeah. for certain, uh, like, so um, noise reductions and, like, compressions and things like that, mm-hmm. You, I, it, it'll hit you up for the premium element, which I'm going to end up getting eventually because DaVinci Resolve is just so great. It's, I, it's nice. Yeah, I, I think it's, I, to me, it's the premier video re- uh, editing program to me. You,
1: you yeah. have no idea. Behind the scenes, I know a lot of really, really like top tier editors in the industry off in LA all of them are making the switch to DaVinci because yeah. it is just such a clean software it does everything that you need it to do in such a smooth fashion and everyone is basically giving the middle finger to Adobe because they're just refusing to do any better
0: a self-taught <laughs> so... moron like myself taught myself how to use DaVinci Resolve exactly yeah and I I'm i i pretty good i mm-hmm. have to say i mean if you ever watch any of my videos and you know, I, I do okay and,
1: and, <laughs> yeah and plus like adobe you have to pay monthly but then DaVinci, you pay just one flat fee and you mm-hmm. have it for life like that's a yeah. big difference you know so i mean i'm hoping that uh da Vinci doesn't end up seeing the money and make a monthly subscription <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah in terms of software that's the that's my primary usages there's uh there's a couple other small ones that are more for organizational purposes, like there's one software that I love that's just called everything. It it'll search (laughs) your computer faster than your file explorer can. It will document all of your hard drives. And then if you type in a word, it'll bring up all of the files that have that word in it in seconds. And it's got a good
0: intelligence.
1: Yeah, it's really fast. It's so Hmm. helpful, especially when you have a sound library of like 30,000 sounds, and you really don't want to go and look through all those folders. It's no. a really handy software.
0: Well, yeah, especially if you're looking for a simple byte sound and it's got like an obscure name to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to find those things. But when, you, when you've when you got that, like, you know, you can just put burp and you'll get all of your <laughs> different elements of burps in there, you know. Yep. Uh, anybody who's messed around with sound knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> there's, there's so much in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Um, I'm going to go ahead and take my mid break and mm-hmm. say hello to everybody. Um, thank you for listening to the show and thank you for being a, to all my Patreon listeners for your support. If you have not yet and would like to, please follow, like, subscribe. And be sure to write a review for the show on Apple, uh, iTunes, or whatever, because that helps my algorithm and helps me get noticed by more than just my small circle of friends. You know, <laughs> uh, But you can also send me an email uh, with your comments and questions at ccreatorsguide at gmail.com, or you can follow us at Twitter at ccreatorsguide. I always want to say .com at the end of that. I don't know why. There's just, <laughs> like, something about that just makes me want to do that. Uh, anyway, folks, uh, we will be right back after this message and a short clip from today's talent. I'm your host, Maverick Stone. It's me, Gingerino42. I'm Roman. Hey, this is Sassy Lady. And I'm Jaxus, And we... We are the Fallout Rounding. Join us as we explore various topics from the Fallout universe brought from multiple perspectives. We can be found on your favorite podcatchers from Spotify to iTunes. Or follow us on Twitter at FalloutRTB or our email FalloutRTB at gmail.com. Be sure to rate, follow, and subscribe. Thank you. Alright folks, welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed your little short moment there. Uh, so... Austin, you want to go ahead and uh kind of let us know what the clip's gonna be about here?
1: Yeah, so so this clip is from episode seven of season one of Tarkov a Halo Story. And in this scene, we have uh Tarkov, Mike, and Jane, his two squad members, uh they're trying to uh essentially hold the Covenant off from an invasion. They are they found something underneath the surface of the planet. And so Tarkov has been sent in to try to stop them. Unbeknownst to them though, there is a rather large foe that they're going to have to go up against. And so this scene is the outcome of that fight, basically.
0: Okay. Let's go ahead and take a moment and listen to this clip.
1: Second charge is set. Moving Hello. Imp. After the same prize as I am, yes. Tarkov! Tarkov, what's your status? You were the... I am Balius, and you are the ones that killed four zealots. <laughs> Impressive for something as pathetic as you. Whatever you're after, you won't get it. Is that so? And who's going to stop me? Tarkov! <laughs> That was a good plan, pal! Oh, oh, kiss my ass. These
0: guys are starting to notice your brawl over there, you two. Get those charges set and get out of there.
1: Kinda busy right now, team. Keep him off as long as you can. Tarkov, give
0: me the last charge. You keep him distracted. He seems to like you
1: more. Here, now move it! Your wretched race has always been inferior. I'll make you an example of that. At least I can look myself in the mirror without getting sick, freak. You are nothing but vermin. Set for extinction. <laughs> Cowardly.
0: This filth is about to kick your ass.
1: Damn. Monster. Come on! Mike? Mike, what are you doing?
0: Uh, taking this bastard with me. My- okay, folks, that was great. <laughs>
1: I love that scene, it's one of my favorites.
0: That's cool. Yeah, no. Uh, uh i just love the show i started from the beginning i when i did the thing for you with the little clip i actually mm-hmm. had to go from the very beginning and like listened and i was like i'll just listen to a couple of them so i can get a feel for it yeah. i ended up listening to the whole thing like, <laughs> like one sitting i just sat there and listened to the whole thing i'm like wow this is really cool because i listened to the halo books you know mm-hmm. I, you know i went through you know uh, the fall of reach and all of that kind of stuff i yep. went through all those books and i'm like this is kind of like no different than listening to one of those books, man. This is like exact same thing, and that's I think a that's a big what you're compliment. going for. <laughs> well, To me, it's the same thing. Like, mind you, the characters are a little different, the stories, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, you can tell that we're going with a spinoff, but at the same time, it's Halo. Yeah, like, there's no no variant there. You know, you're listening to, you know, from the beginning, you're listening to something that has to do with Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, so all right, um, now the the big question. What went through your head when you came up with the name for the show?
1: The name for the show, Tarkov, A Halo Story. So, uh, so Tarkov, originally the show was called Halo Tarkov. Uh, and that name came about in 2016, I want to say. There was a guy named uh, Luc Lapierre who originally came up with this idea. He looked at the Halo 3 ODST, the Life Trailer. And that trailer is is the live action trailer for ODST, focused around a character that you only see and like you don't really get to hear him say much of anything. He shouts maybe once. And uh you see him go from a young teenager to a recruit in the ODSTs to his first deployment, supposedly. Kind of to... like Kurt
0: Russell in Soldier. He just yeah. What did you do? Yeah. Save one line the whole movie?
1: <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> And then you top it off with him as a war dog at the end of the trailer. That character is Tarkov. We don't know his first name. We don't really know his rank. We don't know who he is. And he thought it would be a really cool idea to create an audio drama about this character. It was around that time that he ran into me on Google+, Plus, which long dead social media, but it, uh, he ran into me on that and he he wanted i suppose it was uh voice acting help i i did casting call club cuz that's when he created it and at the time i had auditioned for all of the male characters so that was uh captain avon that was mike that was tarkov and at the time i had gotten casted for mike and uh the show was very different i still have the original uh concept first episode it was an entirely different show The original was something more along the lines of Tarkov narrating the entire story. And it just, it did, it came off the wrong way. It It, was
0: book read sounding.
1: It was book read. Yeah. So it it didn't really vibe. It it didn't work with what we were trying to do. And so, well, not we at the time, him. Uh, And so eventually uh, when it was probably, I think 2019, 2020, Uh, He was trying to figure out how to do certain things. And by this point, I had had professional work done. I knew how to use my software. I knew how to work with the team. And I just asked if he wanted me to help him with anything. So cut to two to three years later, uh, I now own the product. I'm the creative director for it, the mind behind it. And he's now a fan and he listens to the whole show. And it's it's really cool to see him kind of stick around, uh, despite the, the whole, I, I suppose it was a, a takeover of some kind, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
0: he it, it turned out, you know, he probably just realized and went, you know what, this guy's going to do it way better than I ever thought I could.
1: And yeah, I would, I would really hope that that was the mindset. Cause I, I, in, in no way wanted to just steal an idea. I, I gave some ideas. I showed him scripts. We re we read them together. We worked together on all of this, and it just kind of turned out as a as a thing that he saw the direction the show was going in, and uh, now we're we are where we are now. As for the 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 title Tarkov a Halo story, uh, Halo Tarkov was going to be the release title. It was going to be what we did, but then important note for everybody who decides to make something that is a fan show off of something that is already existent: look for the legal guidelines. <laughs> yeah. There are some very specific things that we cannot do with Tarkov. Uh, One thing, we cannot have the title be Halo first. It cannot have the first word as Halo. It can include the word Halo, but it cannot have it be the first word because every official Halo product starts with Halo. So uh, Tarkov, a Halo story, was where we went because, I mean, I think we were just getting inspired off of uh, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So... Uh, and by the way, Andor, his first name being Andor, was in no way in reference. <laughs> no to relation, Goldoy. right? <laughs> no relation. I came up with that. I didn't even think of it. And, you know, that's just kind of how it happened. But that's just what went down. Other guidelines that we had to follow were things like uh, we were not allowed to use Halo music. We have to come up with our own soundtrack, which is when we were able to hire in a guy to uh, to work with us on that. Hence why we have that really dope soundtrack now. And I think there were some other things that we couldn't do, but they were pretty minuscule at best, so it's not really worth mentioning. But, yeah, that's where the title came from. And a little bit of a side thing. Uh, I was not intending to, nor did I, did I expect to voice the main character of the show that I work on. Uh, that was completely on accident. <laughs> and sort of handed to me. Because what ended up happening was we we were sitting down and we were working with all these different voice actors. Tarkov currently has, I think, 40 voice actors across the entirety of the show. And uh, we were trying to find the right one for Tarkov. And season one had finished writing and we had this casting call club up. This casting call got so popular that we had almost 200 auditions and we got an email from the CEO being like hey i'm noticing how big this one is getting let me know if you need anything uh, so wow. we had a lot of yeah it was great it was really good and it, it was a really good way to kick things off and get us really interested in making the product happen so we're sitting there in a call and i'm trying to find people that sound the way tarkov should sound in my head and as we're doing this i, I we're talking about lines and all that and uh you know we have this line at the beginning of the show where he just says his name and stuff so it was uh Sergeant Tarkov of the 105th shock troops division. And they would say it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It has to be like Sergeant Tarkov of the 105th shock troops division. And they're like, oh, like that. Okay. And then they would do it wrong. And then I would do it again. And eventually it turned out that Luke. Went,
0: just do it yourself, man. It was Luke. The guy
1: who I worked with that I mentioned already. Uh-huh. He told me, he's like, you should just be Tarkov. Like you already, you already have the voice. You have the character. You should just do it. And so I I had to talk with the other voice actors to be like, okay, let's try to rework our priorities here. I'll give you guys other roles. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, sorry for the massive sidestep, but... That was just a fun. That's what this is about. This is
0: (laughs) people need to know who you are a little bit to understand what it is that you're actually trying to help teach at the same time. That's (laughs) why I'm asking you these questions about uh, editing and microphones and you know your headset, you know whatever. Mm -hmm. You
1: know
0: know, these questions help them to grow in what they're doing.
1: Which I really oh, hope that is yeah. that is the case. I, I'm always I spend so much of my free time just help I'm trying to help as best as I can with people that I work with on a daily basis.
0: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean that's I, to me that's what we. Uh, what's that? Rising tides helps all ships rise. You know. Mm-hmm. And
1: I don't know the saying, but I always... I mean, that sounds about. pretty good. Even if that isn't <laughs> it, that sounded pretty... I, I got it in my head, so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, So, I well, I guess you don't need to tell me any other advice on how people would come up with a name for their show because you pretty much laid it on the line. Make sure you read <laughs> the legal papers, yes. you know? make sure um, it
1: actually fits what you're trying to do because there are so many stories and there are so many shows and things that have these titles and it it really throws you off. I think, honestly, okay, I'm not going to go into uh, the many, many, many things I could talk about. But I think one of the worst titles I've seen recently is She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Because it <laughs> makes you think that it's going to be a law show from start to finish. When, in fact, it's a law show for maybe the total of one episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, well, and and I have actually not watched that show.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I I
0: mean, I was, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I... I I don't know. I just, it didn't grab me Yeah, and probably because yeah. of the title. I wouldn't yeah, doubt
1: it. You need to make sure that your titles are actually accurate to what it is that, and also they have to, they have to be grabbing kind of like that, uh, that writing bit of advice that every, every writing teacher ever gives you, uh, which is make sure that your hook hooks people. You don't yeah. want to, you don't want your first 10 seconds. You don't want your title to be something boring or something that people don't want to be talking about.
0: Or at least make it where they know what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, like how to be a podcaster. Yep. There's your title. Look at that. Uh,
1: content creators guide. Simple, sp- easy, very explan- <laughs> explanatory right off the bat.
0: Nobody's going to be confused <laughs> what I'm about here. Nope. <laughs> um, so what do you think is a question that content creators fail to ask? And of course, your answer to that particular question
1: a question that content creators failed to ask and my answer to that particular question. Okay. A question that they failed to ask
0: that you would, you've seen, you know, new people come along and they just kind of miss the boat on something. And yeah. if all they had to do is ask that question, but they always seem to fail to ask it.
1: Honestly, it seems simple, but I really don't get it often enough. How can I be doing better? Like I don't, I don't get that one often at all. I I I've worked with all these voice actors. I work with. Uh, now we've just hired in a new audio engineer from Malaysia, and mm-hmm. uh, now she in Malaysia is much better at asking those kind of questions. But oftentimes I'll pull in an actor. Very commonly, it's with an actor. Uh, and I usually don't work with them for very long. Um, and they won't be. At all curious about how they could be doing some sort of performance better. They will immediately assume that That they're great, (laughs) that they're great, that they're doing the exact thing that you asked them to do, and then won't go into any of it. And so, if they would ask, if they would ask, how could I be doing better? My answer would be a paragraph or seven. Uh, because I feel like there's always something you could be doing better. It doesn't matter who you are; you could be Mark Hamill for all I care. And there's always something better that you could be doing because there's the, the moment that you think that you're done learning is the moment that you really should dead. Yeah, like you, you're dead. <laughs> you're not yeah. gonna make it. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. yeah, and so. that's why I surround myself with mentors. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I've got robots. I I talk to him on a regular. You know, um, mm-hmm. Lawrence from the modus files you know yep. he's the one that gave me my first voice real voice acting gig and uh he's the one that pushed me to be a voice actor i just yep. did it for fun and he was like no dude you're really good at this stuff i'm like what okay <laughs> he's like go here He he's the one that turned me on to the um you know the uh casting call yep He he's the one that t- took me there he's like make yourself a profile do this do that i'm like okay so yeah, I started messing nice. around with that, and then out of nowhere, I'm, like, getting calls back, and I'm like, okay, I guess I, I must be pretty good at this stuff. Yeah, this is actually <laughs> working out. Okay. Okay. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I always like to pretend as a kid, you know, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. memorizing cartoons and stuff, but, yeah, I was like, oh, well. And uh, to me, that's one of the biggest things of advice I would give somebody is surround yourself with people that are better than
1: you. Mm-hmm. Facts. That is facts. Yeah. You know, the reward yeah There's no limit on that. There's so many people that do so many different things. Even if it's just a niche, there's so many people that do so many different things better than you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm a knowledge thief. Mm-hmm. That's that's
0: my 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 life goal is to get to know you, steal all your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you know, make a friend I'm on the way. Most of the time, yeah. I'm making a pretty good friend because it's it's always a collaboration because they're always going to learn something from me as well. Yeah, you know. I don't know what that is till we get there, but I, you know, I always end up teaching them something they uh, unexpected. Usually it's some strange old man advice stuff they got to give. Um, but I always end up learning tricks about, you know, different styles of voice acting or, you know, the, the Sure SMV microphone. This mm-hmm. microphone was suggested to me by a, a fellow podcaster mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and he was like, you don't need to get the SM7B that's like $500. This is the MV7. This is only $250, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the same microphone. It's got, you know, it's got the XLR and it's got the USB port on it, both. And it's a great microphone. And it's economical if you think about it in comparison yeah. to, and this is a pro mic. Like mm-hmm. this ain't, this isn't, you know, some blue microphone. <laughs> this This is like this stuff and it's almost the same price Mm -hmm. i I, I was like no kidding (laughs) that's the thing is i learned so much cool stuff from surrounding myself with people like yourself you know i mean i'm sure there's stuff i mean me and you have had some you know biblical conversations in the background which were really you know pleasant for me to have you know Mm -hmm. i love that stuff you know it's not necessarily a place here but I'm wearing my church shirt yeah i love my church (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know i'm not afraid to flaunt those kind of things but at the same time it's not the same place anyway uh <laughs> oh i guess i'm at that point um so now i did i remember having a conversation in the past you were talking about doing a lore cast
1: yeah so that has been still in development and it's almost very it's actually very close to being finished because it's not something that we wanted to do uh we wanted it to have the same production value, not quality, mind you, value as Tarkov. So that means pre-recorded mostly. Mm-hmm. And uh that also requires a tiny bit of writing and it also requires everyone being available. And that has been the major problem <laughs> is there's availability. Trust yes. me. I'm
0: <laughs> in a podcast with five people, dude.
1: <laughs> there, <laughs> that can a... get rough at times, okay? Yes, exactly. There's a total of four I think, for mm-hmm. the, in this this podcast that we're working on. And so just to explain it, the concept is, and the name of it, the name does exist, the title we came up with first, uh, which you don't always have to do. But uh, the title is, uh, I believe we called it The Library Halo Lorecast. Um, and it was through a conversation with uh, Tom Robots, who uh, <laughs> when uh, he was like, you know, you could call it Lorecast. It does fit in with the rest of the robots. So I'm like okay fine so uh yeah the library halo lore cast and the the concept that we're having for it is every single thing that we talk about in the show is not only tied to the halo lore but also it's answering the questions that are presented in tarkov because there's a lot of things that a lot of people are going to be starting out on with halo that they're not really going to understand very much so there's a lot of it that is really like you have to really talk about stuff.
0: seriously rich lore
1: yes yeah. like just mentioning abaddon is like you would you would need to know that one single short story exists for you to know that abaddon is a real thing in the halo canon um or that someone as uh obscure as ortega who is the other main antagonist for the show uh is actually a canon character like he actually exists yeah, yeah. um So, the idea of the lore cast is take four guys, which one is a Halo lore guru, that's me, I spend a lot of time watching Installation Zero Zero videos and reading Halopedia and all that, it's just really interesting to me, and then you've got a guy that knows a a fairly decent amount, like, he knows quite a bit, uh, and that would, and then we have a third guy that is, like, he knows a decent amount, not as much as the second guy, but you know, he at least knows who Master Chief is and all of that, and he's, mm-hmm. he he knows it. And then there's the last guy who's only played the campaigns and only played them once. So he's and, there to learn. Yes.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So we
1: have all these different perspectives that are going to be coming together. And so we're going to – I think right now the, the the first three episodes are already lined up for what the topics are going to be. So – as a way to explain what that's going to be all about, the first episode is going to be about the Office of Naval Intelligence because the Office of Naval Intelligence is kind of the backbone behind all of the sort of darker side of the Halo lore because mm-hmm. the Office is that sort of uh, underground secretive uh, organization, sort of vibe. The,
0: the Enclave version. Of- <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they watch over everything. They they spy on everyone, and there are all sorts of for my Fallout fans out there, yeah. <laughs> all sorts of black ink and and red tape. Um, and so they're they're very present in Tarkov, Halo story, but not everybody knows why they're such a big problem, and so. Uh, that's what the first episode is gonna be about. second one is probably gonna be about forerunners to some degree since that we have that popping up, and then probably the third one will be going even further back to the precursors since that's where a batting comes from
0: so do you have plans uh, on doing anything like kind of off the cuff like maybe talking about a little rooster teeth red versus blue kind of stuff eventually, kind of, yeah, you know I mean? I, yeah I mean that's a to me that so when i was when I was a youth um red versus blue was a big deal for me it's as still as a it, big it, deal to me yeah so, <laughs> so i love that like, show it's like i i've watched uh now mind you when i started it, it was just an audio and then they started the videos going and then you know rooster teeth was just some guys screwed around and mm-hmm. you know it, it just turned into this animal you know and it <laughs> It was just so much fun to sit there and listen to church and, you know, and then we mm-hmm. just kind of have their conversations and, you know, it was <laughs> like, you ever think about life? No, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great show. I love that it's, stuff. It's and, so I was wondering if you were ever going to tie that in because I, I like resurging things like that, you know, bringing that stuff back.
1: So the fun thing about it is that, There was a a fun episode idea that we had already come up with before, which is trying to find all the different ways and moments where Red vs. Blue has tied into Halo canon at some point. Mm -hmm. Because the funny thing about Red vs. Blue is that it's supposed to fit in with Halo lore. Like, if if you were to go from place to place, you would actually find that it fits in no matter what you do. Which sounds really, really impossible, (laughs) but uh, if you actually go and find all of the different methods and all of that, they actually do a pretty good job of making it Entirely possible to fit. Hey, you just gotta lore. dig it
0: in. Look, yeah, exactly.
1: So that's that's the point. Is like there are going to be those episodes that seem like they're off the cuff, but in reality, it's all still based around uh, the lore of Halo. And eventually, the the cast will probably it's it's either going to be the the podcast will get talk of more community stuff, or uh, that sort of thing will be tossed off to the other show that's currently in production that has no name yet because it's so early. But I got a bunch of 343 employees to agree to interviews, and uh, starting early next year, they want to start doing these sort of episodes where they talk about their game uh, development experience, their time working at Halo. I got uh, Joseph Staten to agree to one, so... We're going to see about how that works out. I still have to talk back and forth with him. But, hey, I'm connected with him on LinkedIn, so that's cool. (laughs) That is cool. Yeah,
0: you know, it's amazing the people that you connect yourself with when you're just playing video games. And Mm -hmm. you you get involved in this kind of community. You you don't find you bump into some of the right people. And they end up – some of them are just cool people that are fun to hang out with.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and, and that's that's a really important thing for especially – uh employees of game companies is that i think people kind of forget that the games don't kind of spawn they uh <laughs> they get made by people and yeah, those yeah. people see their very very uh let's say unfiltered comments that have no uh, constructive criticism attached to them. <laughs> <laughs> I I know for a fact there are certain I I'm I, I think I know for a fact anyway that there are three four three employees who by this point have deleted all of their socials because they don't want to look.
0: <laughs> they just don't know. I don't want to see what's going on. Yeah, no. they don't
1: want to see it. They don't want to see it. And so I want to talk to them about that sort of stuff and see what they're what they're at and all that. So those are the other shows that are currently in production that are like confirmed to be being worked on uh there there are two other shows that have nothing to do with halo that are just uh, underneath the umbrella of the small company that i'm building which well, is called kinda, jumperscape
0: oh i saw that yeah. Uh, yeah i was so that is your company okay yes. i was kind of curious about that because i saw jumperscape on there and i was like oh should i bring that up well he yep. didn't really bring that up himself, <laughs> so i'll just leave it alone um, yep. but um so i was going to ask you what you got coming up next but i guess it's kind of well do you have any episodes coming up soon
1: Episodes, yes, actually. Um, I don't know when when this episode of your show is going up, but uh, this is being recorded on October 28th, and there's a new episode of Tarkov Oni Files, which is a side series that uh, kind of tries to explore some of the characters that people may have grown to love. And it tells little side stories that are about their past or their interactions. It's sort of a, 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 a let's say, deeper dive into the characters kind of story. And there's a new episode of Tarkov Only Files going up tomorrow, October 29th. So that is something to be watching out for. And then there might be a little special surprise coming out early next year, but I can't talk about that.
0: Okay. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Hush, hush. Um, Actually, this episode will be coming out this Wednesday. Ooh. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's just a few days from now. So
1: it dropped. Uh, four days ago, you should check it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: So, how can people reach you and uh, you know get to contact with you in case they, I don't know, have uh, interests, aspirations, want to learn something new, or?
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a couple ways to do it. Um. Now, one of the best ways to do it is always going to be through my Discord, uh, because I keep my Discord open twenty four seven. Uh, that would be. Lasso Halo, so capital L A S -S O H, and then lowercase A L O, so Lasso Halo. The number is five eight three six. That is the easiest way to reach me. If you want to reach out to me professionally about anything, uh, that's that would be for my email. So keep keep professional stuff to the emails. I don't I don't need that in my Discord. But um, (laughs) that would be uh, Austin, so A U S T I N dot triskele t-r-i-s-k-e-l-e at gmail.com and we can talk shop there
0: <laughs> oh excellent yeah i just want to make sure you got that out there and uh do 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 Ah, oh, my final question what key takeaway would you like the listeners to get from your time here today
1: key takeaway well Uh, I think the key takeaway, even though it may not have been talked about much, I can't really remember my, my mind draws a blank when I'm doing interviews. Um, it would be to, okay. So I'll, I'll preface it with this. There are many points behind all these questions, many points behind all these answers. And that is, you know, make as few mistakes as possible. But I would say the key takeaway here is make more mistakes. Because the more mistakes that you make, the better you get. Because experts aren't experts because they make fewer mistakes. Experts are experts because they made the most mistakes out of everybody around them. They learned how to do this stuff properly. So, you know, think of it this way. Tarkov Season 1 was edited in Adobe Premiere Pro. That is a video editing software. It is not an audio software. The program crashed I think five times a day while I was working on it because it had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> now the show is being edited on legitimate audio software and it sounds a lot better, but it, it all worked out because through doing something as stupid as editing the entire show on a video editing platform, I got to learn how to solve a lot of problems that came up when the actual audio engineering part came in through audio software. So make more mistakes Make them proudly and make sure that when you make your mistake, you actually note down how you solved it so that you should actually avoid it in the future and teach other people how to avoid those mistakes themselves.
0: Yeah. So when I ask you the question, you have an answer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. All right, folks. That's going to do it for Desk today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I know I had a great time. Uh, be sure to check out my guest work and uh, keep creating. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry, and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bi- Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember... Swooping.